Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. <clears throat> okay. I want to do like a little treat tonight. I want to take a yesoid that it could be we've discussed in different ways. And I want to, instead of only saying chidushim, there are a few chidushim, but that's not my point tonight. My point is to sew together the development of this vart from its source through Cain and Hevel, Yaakov and Esav, Rachel and Leah, Yosef and Yehuda, and Kalev and Yeshua. And I want to do it quickly and clearly. With the same you say through to understand the Avoida, or the failures or successes of all of them, and um, and the lesson that we could learn, which is a very, very important lesson. So, so there are going to be pieces of what I'm going to say that various shiurim might pop into your head um, that I've said. I've never done this before. I've never actually said the whole thread through. So that's a little exciting for me. I don't know why. I think I don't know if I never had, just have never had the form. I've written it. No, I haven't even written it. I, it's, what I'm saying is in is half in my Purim notes and half in my Hanukkah notes, and some of it is not written even. So, but this is an opportunity that I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about, and I'm going to try to move quickly. It's late, and so you can walk away with a clear davar shalim. Okay, so let's, let's start like this. We're going to start. That I could. Hello, you good? Okay. We're going to start. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu created water, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, Yikavu uh, on, on the second day of creation, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, Yikavu, um, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, Yehi Rokia Mayim. There should be a Rokia in the waters, vihi mavdil bein mayim lamayim, and it should separate between the upper waters and the lower waters. Chazal tell us that when the lower waters were separated from the upper waters, the upper waters are, so to speak, haviyach, like closer to Shamayim, and the lower waters are, are on the Aretz, so closer to the Aretz, that the lower waters <coughs> complained to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they cried to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says, and their cry was, Hashem, we don't want to be so far away from you. Anan bi'inon kami malka. We want to be in front of the king. Such a beautiful phrase. I love that phrase. In fact, I named my notes on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Kamei Malka, because of this phrase. Because the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you're in front of the king. Kamei Malka. Anan bi'inon lemihave kamei malka. We want to be in front of the king. What did Hashem respond? Hashem said, you are going to be in front of the king. By the way, I've pointed this out before, when we cry, salty tears come out of our eyes, salt water. That's because the first nivra that cried was the salt water. So, so um, Hashem said, you will be on the Mizbeach. First of all, the salt of the salt water of the oceans will be on by every carbon. Al kol karboncha takriv melach. And the water will be on the Mizbeach by the Nisochamayim on Sukkot. So in other words, even though, listen to the aside here, even though you're the lower waters and you're more distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but you will have the capacity, the possibility to be closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The upper waters never wind up on the Mizbech. 
there's a certain element here that we see that there's Shamayim and Aretz. There's the upper and the lower. The upper is closer to Hashem, the lower is further from Hashem, but that the lower has an opportunity that the upper doesn't have. Phase one. Let's go a little weiter. Every single day we say a capital in Tehillim. We say, if I'm, if I'm going too fast at some point, tell me, but I think at this time of the night, we've got to move. Okay, you ask him? It's never too fast for me. Okay. <laughs> so, we say a capital, capital Kuf Mem Ches in Tehillim, we say in the middle of one of the Halalukas, and it's divided up into two parts. The first part is Halalues Hashem Min HaShamayim, and the second part is Halalues Hashem Min HaOretz. You ever notice that? It's divided into. Halua Hashem and Hashemayim gives you a whole list of the things in the Shemayim that praise Hashem. Malachav, Tzvaav, Shemesh Vioreach, Koich Veor, Shmei Hashemayim. Hamayim Asher Me'al Hashemayim. Right? And when it finishes describing all of those things, <coughs> it says, Yehalalu Hashem Hashem, they should praise Hashem, Kihut Siva V'nivro, because He commanded and they were created. As if to say they should praise Hashem because they did their job. Then we get to Halos Hashem and Ha'aretz. Now, the Aretz is certainly lower than the Shemaim. We say Halos Hashem and Ha'aretz. And we say all the things in the Aretz that praise Hashem. A Shuvarod, Shelek, Vikitar, Horim, Gvois, Remes, Tsipor, Bachurim, the Gambesulai, Zikainim, and the Arim, all the things in the world. And the people on the world that praise Hashem. And we say also, Yehalalu Hashem Hashem. Do we say because they did their job? No. We say, Yehalalu Hashem Hashem, Ki Nisgav Shemay Because Hashem's name is like beyond. It's like above and beyond. That's unbelievable. It sounds like the Hilo that comes out of the Oretz is somehow more esoteric and higher than the Hilo that comes out of the Shemaim. Ha'ara. Not only that. But the 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 um, the pasuk ends hoidai hoidai means the beauty of Hashem, right? Hoid v'hadar al eretz shemayim. It's on the eretz and the shemayim. Shouldn't it say al shemayim v'eretz? No. So there's a maimer in Pachad Yitzchak, and the Chanukah Pachad Yitzchak that describes what hoid means. Hoid is always partnered with another Lushan of beauty, which is Hadar, Haid Vahadar, right? We always, Haid Vahadar. Rav Huttner says that Haid is a Lushan of beauty, but it's also a Lushan of Haida, of like giving in, of like bending over. Like when you say Maidim, you like, right? That's also a way you admit. That's Haid. What is that? So he says it's reminiscent of the Divrei Chazal that say a person should always be rach kakone. A person should be soft like a reed. A reed, you can push it all the way down to the ground, and then when you let go, it doesn't, it doesn't stay there. It goes right back up. Masha'enken, if a person is like an era, is like a cedar tree, so that's very, very strong, but when the wind is strong enough, it cracks. It doesn't go back up. So Chazal say a person should be soft like an era. Says Rav Hotner, well, soft like a kone. When that kana is on the ground, the wind is blowing and the kana is on the ground, you don't know, is it on the ground because it's strong or is it on the ground because it's weak? This is its weak moment. Only once the wind stops 
and the kana returns to its former state of being standing, then you realize that this that it had the flexibility to be able to bend down was its strength, not its weakness. He says, Hoid is only nicker when it's hadar. Hadar means beauty, but in Aramaic, hadar means to go back. When you look back, you go, oh, that was a strength. So hide is the beauty of when something looked like a weakness but was revealed to be a strength. And that's the beauty here. The Shamayim, they do their job. So, But the Aretz, the Aretz is very distant from Hashem. It's a dark world. It's a confusing world. There's Yetzirahs, there's mistakes, there's Mechshelem, there's anti-Semitism, there's, there's all kinds of tsaras and difficulties and confusion in this world. And therefore, the natural flow of this world would be not to know Hashem. If there's Hilul, if there's praise to Hashem that comes out of this world, that is so magnificent, it's such an accomplishment that it goes higher than the Hilul that's coming out of the Aretz. Hoidai is the praise of when you realize that this that looked like a weakness was really its strength, because it would never have had that chiddush had it not been from the Aretz. So Hoidai al Eretz vishamayim, Eretz first. Okay. Now, I want to be mechadesh something, which I don't have, I didn't do the full research on, to be honest with you. I'm still working on it, but I don't, I can't, sorry. I should hold myself back until I'm fully researched and I can't restrain myself. When else do we say these words? We don't just say them when we take one by the Sefer Torah? Yeah. When we put the Sefer Torah away. Why do we say these words when we put the Sefer Torah away? I'll tell you why. Because that's when we're going back to the Aretz. We're putting the Sefer Torah away. We finished our Limar We're going out into the world now. We're going from Shemayim to Aretz. From being connected to Hashem, out into the Aretz. And we feel despondent as we put the Sefer Torah away. We're going to miss that connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we say, Yehalalu Hashem Hashem, Ki Nizgav Shmoy Levadai, Haidai Al Eretz V'Shamayim. That's the words that we say when we put the Sefer Torah away. Okay, let's start going through our peers that I mentioned to you. So you're going to find in history, and it's Araya Mazer, and it's even perhaps the people in this room. You're going to find in history that there are two jobs that need to be done in history. There's the job of the Shamayim and the job of the Oretz. The job of the Shamayim is to be the paradigm of spirituality, to be the, the, the absolute dogma of Avedis Hashem, mamish like the Shamayim. That's one job. To be wrapped only in Ruchnius, that's one job. There's the job of the Oretz. The job of the Oretz is to go out and to spread the Dvar Hashem in the world and to deal with the difficulties and the darkness and to bring light to every dark corner, nook and cranny of the universe through the influence of that Shamayim. There's a partnership. The Shamayim sets the stage of the way things ought to be and the Oretz takes the infusion of Ruchnius and he, he has the talent to bring it to every corner of the Bria. Which is in a higher level. According to what I just proposed, the Oretz is the one who has a higher potential here. 
<coughs> and that's what happened with Cain and Hevelam. They did start moving even faster now. So Cain decided to be a farmer, and Hevel decided to be a shepherd. We've discussed it in this share. Cain decided, Hevel decided to be a shepherd because he didn't want to work the ground. The ground had been cursed by the fate of other Mauritian. But Cain did want to work the ground. Why? Because Cain was the Aretz man. Cain was the man who was going to work the ground that Hashem cursed, and through his Avedis Hashem bring it even closer to Hashem. That was why that that was he did. He tried to bring a carbon to Hashem. It didn't work. Whatever the Nesiyinos were, he wasn't able to bring it up. Hevel brought a carbon. Hevel is Shemaim. The word Hevel means ruach, ruchnius. Hevel is Shemaim. He brings a carbon. Hashem accepts it immediately. Cain is very despondent. He's very upset. His carbon wasn't accepted. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Cain, "Lama charelach? Why are you in pain?" And why has your face fallen? If you would be good, says the Ramban, you would be even higher than Hevel. Yes, Cain, you have a harder job. But if you stick to it, and you finally manage to do it, Hevel's lifting a hundred pound weight. You're lifting a thousand pound weight. So it's much harder for you, and you're having failures at the beginning. But when you get there, Se'es, you'll be even higher than him. But, unfortunately, Cain was not able to be Oymed bin Isayin, and his jealousy of Hevel overtook him, and he killed Hevel. So Cain failed at doing the job of Aretz. Shlach HaKadosh says that the another reincarnation of the relationship between Cain and Hevel is this week's parsha. is the relationship between Esav and Yaakov. The plan was not to have a tzaddik and a Russia. I, it says that he was pushing out by the Avodah I'm not getting into that right now. Okay, but that was not the plan. Okay? You know what, I, w- I will explain now. The fact that he had those Natiyas, that was his job. That was his job, to spread the Dvar Hashem all over, and to banish Avodah and to, to be Isaac with those things. Yaakov was an Ish Tom Yoshev Eicholim. He was a Shamayim man. He didn't go out in the world. He was in a, a, an Oyel. He was an Ishtam. He was Isaac Batayra. Yeshev Oyelim. Learn Tyra. Yaima Velayla. He's like the first one that we see as being a Laimate Tyra. Then he goes to learn the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. Yaakov is, a, is the, is the Lamb in here. He's the Kyle Yungaman. He's the one who stays wrapped in the world of Tyra from the morning to the night, through the day, through the night. That's Yaakov Avinu. When he's by Shem Ve'ever, he doesn't sleep. For 14 years, that's Yaakov. You know, he's a Spitz Shamayim. Esav is an Ish Sada, a man of the field. His job was to go out and to be in the fields, to go meet the people, to spread the Dvar Hashem, to take the, 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 the example of Yaakov and to teach the world about Hashem. That was Esav's job. Esav failed at that job. And when he failed at that job, so then what happened was Yitzchak decided that he wants to give a bracha to Esav. Why did Yitzchak want to give a bracha to Esav? Because Esav needs a bracha. It's nishpashat. You have to give a bracha to the one that has to go out there into the world. Yaakov? He's in the base medrash. He's not the one that needs a bracha. Esav needs a bracha. He's the one who's, who needs to, who's going to go out there. And if you look at the bracha, it's a very 
Sade Bracha, Yitain Lachayla Kimi, Talashamayim, Mishmane, Oret, and so on and so on. It's about the Sade, for the Ish Sade. But Rivka Imenu, the Heiliger Rivka Imenu, realized that Asa wasn't doing his job. Well, it's going to be. He's not doing his job. So she sends Yaakov. And Yaakov goes into his father. And what does he say to his father? Anoichi Esav Bechayrecha. I am Esav your Bechar. Is that a lie? Absolutely not. He wasn't lying at all. He was saying, Father, I cannot leave this job to Esav anymore. Esav is failing at it. There's the only one choice. I'm going to have to be the Yaakov and the Esav. I'm going to have to take it on upon myself that Klal Yisrael will do both jobs. Anoichi Esav Bechayrecha. I am also Esav. I'm Yaakov, but I'm also Esav. Yaakov Avinu was supposed to marry Rachel. The Velt used to say that Esav is supposed to marry Leah. The Velt was right. Had Esav been the tzaddik that he was supposed to be, Leah would have been the perfect wife for him. But Yaakov ended up taking Esav's job. So Yaakov ended up marrying both Rachel and Leah. Half-Leh fellow. And then you find this... Um, uh, let me just point out, even though... I, I should I should save this parshas by Yishlach, but just to point out that I'll say it just very briefly because it's too delicious to pass up. That when 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 a, when Yaakov sent messengers to Esav, he was trying to get Esav to do tshuva. That's why he kept calling Esav his master. Because he was hinting to him He was hinting that you could be bigger than me. So he was kept calling him his master. And he told Esav, you look in the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach, Yaakov tells Esav, I have cattle and sheep and servants and maidservants. Rashi says, what was he trying to say? He was trying to say, the bracha was that I would have land, but I don't have land. So we always ask, every Parshas Vayishlach, and now you guys will be prepared. Every Parshas Vayishlach we ask, that's how you the Rebbe gave a bracha, and you say, don't worry, it wasn't Mekuyim. What kind of kibbutz is that? No, he was saying, Esav, you could still do the Aretz part. I didn't take the Aretz yet. You could still do it. It's still yours to take. But Esav didn't. Esav didn't take. It didn't, didn't, it didn't work out. Esav didn't work out. What happened right after, right after his meeting with Esav? What's the first thing Yaakov Avinu does when he, after he meets with Esav? By Yiken as Chelkas Hasada. He buys a field. That's it. The Aretz is, so he buys a field. Now, Yaakov has two children. One of his children is Yosef, and one of his children is Yehuda. Yosef is the, is the Rosh of the Bnei Rachel. Yehuda is the Rosh of the Bnei Leah. Yosef and Yehuda, the two kingdoms, the two leaders, Yosef and Yehuda. Both of them come in contact with Chet. Both of them come in contact with Chet. Yosef is Oymed Ben Isayan, and he remains the Tzadik Me'ikroi, Yehuda's nichshal. Yehuda has the ma'aseh with Tamar, that he has to say tzadka many. He has the embarrassment. He has to say no, it's mine. And and that's the that you have that 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 image of Yehuda and Yosef. Think deeply. Yehuda Chazal say his chait was orchestrated min hashemayim. It was orchestrated min hashemayim, but that's not the point for us right now. Yosef is the Shamayim Yid. So because he's the Shamayim Yid, 
he teaches us how to stay away from chet. Yehuda is the aretzid. He teaches us how to climb out of chet. That's the difference in Yosef and Yehuda. Not only that, but the Svasemes says that the brothers were not able to be Makabal Yosef saying that he dreamt that he was going to be their king because they felt that a Shamayim Yid can't be a Melech on Oretz people. The Svasemes doesn't use the term Shamayim and Oretz. The Svasemes uses the term Shabbos and Choyl. He said Yosef was like a Shabbos Dikah Yid. He was like Mufka. And the Shvatim were like Choyl Yidin. The only way that <coughs> Yosef was able to become a melech on both the Shemayim Yidin and the Oretz Yidin was they put him into a bar. They put him into the ground that he had to climb out of. Oh, once he was in the bar, whatever lessons the bar gave him, then he, they, when they took him out of the bar, then he was able to become the melech and he became you know, the, the other in the Chol Mitzrayim and the whole, the whole Misa happened. Half liver fell, all right? Okay, one last... One last uh, example, and then we'll uh, and then we'll just uh, wrap it up. Okay, amazing, huh? Yeah. Yeshua and Kalev. Yeshua is from Yosef. Kalev is from Yehuda. Yeshua and Kalev were both huge tzaddikim. Yeshua and Kalev but were the two Miraglim that stayed loyal to Hashem. Yeshua and Kalev both came back loyal servants to Hashem, but they were different. Yeshua, Kaddish, Moshe Rabbeinu had to give him a bracha that the Miraglim shouldn't kill him. He had to give him that extra yud. His name was Hoshea before Parsha Shlach. Right? You know that, that stuff. Right? And then... But Kalev goes to Davin by the Kivrei Ovois. He goes to Davin by the Kivrei Ovois. He goes, Vayavayad Chevroin. Yeshua doesn't go. Kalev needs the Chizik of Davinim by the Kivrei Ovois. Interesting. Interesting how they each have their things. They come back. They start telling, <coughs> the Miraglim starts saying the land is terrible. Kalev claps on the table. I'm saying you're telling you a Gemara in Saita. And Kalev says, and they start saying, it's so terrible what happened. Because Israel took us out of Mitzrayim and we're just going to die. And they, everyone's like rallying and everything. And the, the, um, the, and Kalev claps on the table and he says, yeah, the Chizubel Vados Alano Ben Amram. Is that, not only that, you know what, you think this is the only thing that Ben Amram did to us? You know what else he did? Everyone's like crowding around Kalev. He's going to give this like amazing, you know, you know, protest. And he says, he took us out of Mitzrayim and he split the sea and he gave us the Torah. And he turns the entire event. That's Kalev. Why didn't Yeshua do that? Says the Chavetz Chaim, check it out, Chavetz Chaim ala Torah and Parashat Shlach. Says the Chavetz Chaim that Yeshua was a Kanoi. He was stark. The Chavetz Chaim doesn't use the terms that I told you until now. I'm just telling you the Chavetz Chaim, then I'll plug it in. Yeshua was stark. There was no doubt in anyone's mind that Yeshua was not going to be turned by the Miraglim. So much so that Yeshua was worried, that, that Moshe was worried they might kill him. Because he was not bending. Kalev was a different kind of Rav. Kalev was more sit with the people, more understanding, I hear what you're saying, I know what you're coming from, I struggle too, you know, like that kind of person. 
So Kalev didn't need a tefillah to protect him. He needed a tefillah to protect his hashkafos. He needed to be able to stay pure. That's why he went to the Avais, that he was mispal for himself, that he should be able to do the right thing, because he was in the trenches. When they came back to the Midbar, nobody was going to listen to Yeshua. Everyone knew what side Yeshua was on. They didn't know what side Kalev was on. So when Kalev Sasevichizubalvarasalanubinamram, they were they were right there with him. Until he was like, No, 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 you don't understand. I'm in the trenches with you. I'm just here to help you do tshuva. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not a, I'm not one of the Maradma. Now we plug that in. Yeshua who comes from Yasef Atzadik, that's the Shamayim Yidin. Shamayim Yidin are the paradigm of spirituality. <clears throat> They're the, the Tzadik Me Ikri. They're the pure pristine that can't bend. Kalev is the Oretz. Kalev is the Oretz. The Oretz, that's, that's the one that's nichnas into the, door, the dark corners. He sits with the Miraglim. He says, let me understand what you're saying. Let me try to see. What do you think about this? And he talks to them. He's the guy on the college campuses. You know, when Jews were allowed to be on college campuses, I mean. Right? So that, that's, that's, that's Kalev. Unbelievable. Yaakov takes over the job of Esav. He marries Leah. You have Rachel and Leah. Yosef and Yehuda. Yosef and the brothers. Yeshua and Kalev. All following that trajectory of those two types. And I want to suggest that if we have to be mature about it. We're not stereotyping. But I want to suggest that in many ways we see this play out. Sometimes you have the Kanoi. You won't budge no matter what. He'll point out everything. Like everything that's not right. He's, you know, nothing. Rabbi Sachs, I was thinking of Rabbi Sachs, I think about this, like, pure Talmud Chacham that's like, you know, like, like, unmoving, you know, like, you know, like a Shemayim Yid. He calls me tonight. It's like, he wants to do <coughs> over Thanksgiving weekend that the Elam should be Makabalist, right amount of hours to learn. You know, just over Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, Thursday afternoon, Friday, Shabbos, and Sunday, they should learn a certain amount of hours. Do I think 18 makes sense? The good guys. <coughs> what about the what about the Aretz people? I suggested that there be a twelve and eighteen. Twelve is also a chiddush, but anyway, <coughs> so the, the, we need the Shamayim people. We need the people that are didactic on every kutzay shel yud. That they say things the way it is. That they describe Yiddishkeit in its purest form. That they don't allow for any nidnud or, 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 or deviation whatsoever. We need the Oretzian. We need the Yiddin that can understand other people. Not that, again, not that the Shemayim people can. That's why I said, it's not stereotype. But we need the people that could bend. That could sit and sing with people. That, can, that, could, that could hold someone's hand. That could, that could, that could that, that, perhaps we need the people that struggle themselves. The people that, that have to pull themselves out of, the, out of the bar sometimes. And those are the great people in Klal Yisrael as well. And you see sometimes, you see it by Balabatim, you see it by Yeshiva Light, you see it by Rabbeim, Rabbanim. You see sometimes there's Shemayim type, sometimes there's Aretz type. Of course, there's a broad spectrum of, <coughs> of each kind, but it's important to appreciate that. It's important to appreciate I don't want to get into the uh, politics of the, of the rally, even though I have a lot to say about it. I spoke about it a little last night. 
yeah, um, you could get the recording, <laughs> the second half of last night's thing. Um, just because I was asked to, I, I was I wasn't planning on it. What? Um, but I think you'll. But one thing is for sure. Let's put it all the politics and the timing and the attitudes and everything. Let's put it all aside. Okay. Let's be mature, global yin for a minute, and let's appreciate that there's a shemayim and there's an art. There are some people like, what? There's going to be not Shemir Shabbos there? I can't be there. I'm a Yeshev Halim. There's no such a thing. These people don't keep Shabbos. Or they don't have the same values as me. I don't mix with them. There's a Hevdal by Yisrael Amim. It's impossible. And then you have the Oretzian. We're an Am Echad. We have to bond with other people. There has to be Achdos. There has to be togetherness. There has to be unity. How Levi Klal Yisrael would have the maturity to appreciate both aspects without it having to be at each other, without it having to be childish, without it having to be like a contest. Imagine that we could say, oh, you know, like, like you know, oh, he's a Shemayim Yid. My Rav Punk is an Oretz Yid. He told me that I should go. This Rav is a Shemayim Yid. He, and Klal Yisrael needs both. We need the Yeshev Halim and we need the Ish Sada. We absolutely need both. And what a, why can't we experience it as a harmony instead of as a machlaikas? Why can't we experience it as Klal Yisrael has different roles to play? And that different chalakim, based on our Shairish HaNeshama, different chalakim of Klal Yisrael do different things. Why can't this Shabbos, there's going to be a lot of talk, I guarantee you, in every shul across the world, why can't it be that if we meet, and um, Momo and I were by the rally, is it okay if I say? Yeah. Well, um, now we know. So. What? <laughs> now we know, so it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I can ask Mechila. <laughs> yeah, you can say. We, 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 we won't tell anyone. Okay. Momo, <laughs> Momo and I were by the rally. Okay, we're Oretz people. If we'll go, if we'll be taking a walk on Shabbos, and we'll meet some, some fiery guys, and they'll say, you went to the rally? And we'll say, yeah. And they'll go, we didn't go. That moment. Why can't that be like, oh, you dive in Ashkenaz, I dive in Svarth. You're in Kirov, and I'm in Kailo. Why can't we, why can't we live like that? Why can't we appreciate that there are different, diverse, complex roles in Claudius Yisrael? I'm, I'm, I'm asking this why from the depths of my heart. That's not what I said last night, but you, from the depths of my heart. Why can't we be mature enough to appreciate that there are different roles, that there are different jobs, and that we can respect each other? Oh, you were there? Yeah. Oh, Tiskele Mitzvahs. Were you there? No. Tiskele Mitzvahs. Why can't we live like that? Why can't we see a global Yiddishkeit? That, in, that covers the Anoichies of Becherecha, that covers all of the covered Shemayim needs in the world. Why can't we do that? And that's, uh, I'm going to end with that, with that Kasha. But this, uh, this, this Mahalach, I suspect that if you keep it in mind, you'll find it in many other places as well. Who knows? By the Tanoim, by the Amiroim. I, I, I wonder how far it goes. You'll find it all over. But that's the, uh, that's the shtickle for tonight. I should go. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Is it a rhetorical question? Is it a
You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including myrmakimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.